Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. It's such a privilege um, for me to be here and to share with you guys. Um, just want to start off by saying a massive thank you uh, for this church, just for hosting us for this weekend, Vadis. Thank you for being such a lacquer o to, to hang with and so encouraging always. Isn't he encouraging? I mean, you don't leave his presence not feeling like you can conquer the world. Um, so it's really just amazing. And the worship guys, Estelle, Gomo, uh, Carl, and... I'm missing so many people now, but all the worship guys who, who are part of our weekend, um, just thank you. Thanks for spending a whole day with us yesterday. Thanks for joining us um, today. Um, I was thinking that there's two things I really love about Secunda, and there's one thing that I really don't like about Secunda. Uh, so I thought I'd share that quickly. The, 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 thing that, the first thing that I really love about Secunda, you guys have the best radio voice presenters in this church. Yeah. Guys like Hanu, I mean, I'm on the edge of my seat. I've never listened to announcements. And, and Renir this morning as well, I was just like, these people are just so professional. It's, it's a beautiful thing. That's one thing I love about Secunda. The second thing, and I, I've had the privilege over the last year um, of, of really going to a lot of the Shofar churches, about 20 of the, of the churches as we've launched the album. And so I kind of know, I will get to see what's really special about different places. And there's many things about Secunda, but one thing I'll highlight is you guys get the community, right? Like on another level. It's just, it's so amazing to see the family that is, that is happening here in this church. And we feel it, we experience it, we, we're drawn into it when we come here. Um, and I also want to say, maybe you're here tonight and maybe you're new, maybe you, you feel like you're kind of still a little bit on the outskirts, but God is drawn, this is an amazing family to be a part of. These people understand godly community. Uh, so that's two of the things that I really love about this church. And the one thing that I really don't like about Secunda is you have massive mosquitoes. <laughs> Honestly, last night between 2 and 4.30 in the morning... I was having, I don't know if it was spiritual warfare or what kind of warfare. Uh, at first I thought it was one, and then eventually now I think I have to turn the light on. And then I found like seven that I killed in the space of two hours, two and a half hours. But as they are so big that you kill them, and then when, you, when they drop to the floor, they go, <laughs> I'm not even joking. I hear them drop to the floor. That's like a small bird. <laughs> It's not really a mosquito. Um, so that's the one thing that I, that I don't enjoy. Um, for those who don't know me, I'm James. I'm tomorrow, actually, uh, I would have been exactly, tomorrow is exactly 10 years that I've been working uh, for Shofar. Uh, I studied in Stellenbosch, and then I got the opportunity to go full-time. And so I've been overseeing the worship for those 10 years. Uh, massive, massive blessing. Uh, so that's tomorrow. And then Tuesday is my nine-year wedding anniversary. Uh, there's a photo of my wife and my kids. Uh, I think it's the next slide. Uh, cell phone photo, selfie. So I grew up with three sisters, and then apparently at one point, my mom overheard me telling my friend when I was really small 
because I, I grew up with sisters, I said, you know, I know how to handle girls. And then God really blessed me with girls in my life. I've got two daughters. Um, I'm a little bit scared about continuing with children, just in case I get a third daughter. But they've got me wrapped around their finger. They are really the love of my life outside of Jesus. Um, I also just want to honor Jason. Um, I know he imparted so much this weekend. He, <laughs> I'm a crier because I've got girls. Um, <laughs> girly daddies cry. But really, I, I love you, man. Like, he's like a little brother to me. Um, and just such a privilege to, to spend the weekend with him. Let me stop talking about Jason. Very quickly, um, the Behold album uh, is something that we brought out last year. Just such an incredible project to be a part of. Can I see who's listened to the Shofar Band Behold album? Awesome. Many of you. Okay, so if you haven't, um, you can pretend you're a first-time visitor and get a free CD, or you can get it on any of the um, normal platforms, iTunes, Spotify, all of that. Just search Shofar Band Behold. Uh, you can even download it for free on um, Shofar Band's website shofaband.com and I really encourage you go and, go and listen to that album um, and I'm going to be sharing tonight just around what it means to behold God a lot of the, the heart behind the songs that, that are a part of that album um, one quick testimony in 2017 when we started with the project somebody had the idea imagine how amazing if we could provide this project this album for free but you've got huge costs to cover when it comes to, to doing something like this so I set a up the tightest budget I possibly could. That was where my faith stretched. And we did a crowdfund for one month. We invited people to give money. They weren't going to get anything in return. All they were going to get is the blessing of helping us make a free CD. And in one month, we raised 180% of our target. That is God. Uh, and that just, that just defined the whole process of, of making the album. And this church was a huge part of that as well. So thank you for your giving. Um, and so that, that means that you can go and, and download it for, for free. But that's enough promo. Let me, let me quickly pray. Oh God, I just want to thank you for your unending, limitless love for us. The way that you feel about us, God. So many times we're so insecure and we're so aware of our weaknesses and our failures. And if only we could see ourselves the way that you see us. And that's, that's what, what, what we want to do tonight, God, is we want to look afresh. We want to see you with new eyes, God. We want to see ourselves with new eyes. We want to see one another with new eyes. We want to behold, God. We want to truly look. And in order to do that, we need your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, may you come and unveil us. May you come and reveal Jesus, reveal the Father to us. We consecrate this time to you. Lord, we, we pray for, for soft hearts tonight. God, that our hearts would be soft to receive your word. Come and change us. We don't want to leave this place the same. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Awesome. So, the name of the album is Behold. Uh, and I know it's not a, a very common word. You don't really use it in your, in your day to day. Um, and so let me actually get this out the way f right in the beginning. T to behold means to look, all right? Or behold, when somebody says behold, they're saying, look over there, see, pay attention, take notice. <laughs> in Somerset West, I got to the end of my sermon and somebody came to me and said, 
but what does it actually mean to be whole? And then I realized, okay, I've, I've failed. So let me get that out the way right in the beginning. Um, and then the, the, the title of the album, Behold, comes from one of the songs in the album, Behold the Lamb. And it's a song we sang this morning. And that song comes from the first chapter of John. Uh, and it's, it's up there on the screen. Where basically John the Baptist, he's busy baptizing in the desert. And this one day he sees Jesus coming towards him. And can you imagine what must have gone through his mind, what must have been in his heart, when this is, this is what he's lived for, is to prepare the way for Christ. And then he sees Jesus coming and he says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Behold, look, see, stop what you're doing and consider the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So when we speak about beholding God, we're speaking about seeing God. But I know the whole idea of, of seeing God is sometimes confusing, right? Because none of us have seen God. Um, and in fact, if we, if we look at Scripture, uh, the one that I've got in mind is in Exodus, I think, 33, where Moses asks God, he says, God, I want to see you. You know, I, not just with my mind's eye, but I want to see you. Reveal your glory to me. And God says, Moses, no man will see my face and live. In other words, if we had to see God in his fullness and in his perfection, in our current state, we wouldn't survive the experience. That is just how great he is and how awesome he is. So that's on the one hand. But on the other hand, what I do love is, is seeing in Scripture so many people who have the opportunity to catch a glimpse of God. You know, maybe they have a vision or maybe they have a dream or maybe there's just something that God highlights about his character and as a worshiper, and all of us are worshipers, um, I love to see what is their response. Because worship is a response. Worship is when we see God, when we have a revelation of God, all we can do in response is worship. So I want to see when people truly have a vision of God or a glimpse of God, what is their response? And I'm just highlighting a few that's there on the screen. Moses catches a glimpse and he hides his face. This is when he sees the burning bush because he's afraid to look at God. Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6 has this awesome vision of God with his, his train, in other words, just his garments that are filling the temple and these angels and just this beautiful scene. And he says, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips and a doll in the midst of a people of unclean lips. He's overwhelmed by his uncleanness. Job, in his back and forth with God, he has this big conversation. At the end of Job, he says that he despises himself. He repents in dust and ashes. Ezekiel has a vision. He falls prostrate. He falls flat on his face before God. Daniel basically loses consciousness. He collapses. He faints. John sees a vision of the ascended Christ in Revelation. Jesus with the eyes burning with fire and the hair as white as wool. And he falls at his feet as if he's dead. Is anybody picking up a theme here? <laughs> when we see God, when we truly have revelation of not just a God of our own understanding, a God of our making, but God. There's an overwhelming sense of our uncleanness, our inadequacy, his perfection, his holiness, his glory, his limitlessness, and the fact that we should not be in his presence. We don't deserve to be in his presence. And yet, isn't that the heart of the gospel? 
the fact that this perfect God who needs nothing, who has always existed, who is perfectly satisfied in himself, he invites a sinner like you and me into his presence. He invites us to draw near. Something we do not deserve. Something we should not be able to do. He invites us through the blood of Christ. Because that's as hot as a father. That is the heart of a father as he wants to be with his children. And so he invites us to draw near. And maybe this side of eternity, we're not going to see God with our physical eyes. That is going to be a glorious day. Amen. When we see God with our physical eyes. One day in heaven. And I, and I always love to drop this. We're going to see God. And the one thing I'm most excited about, we're going to hear him sing. Just let that blow your mind for a moment. Imagine what kind of voice God has when he sings. Because scripture says he sings over us. I want to hear the songs that he sings. So this, this side of eternity, we're not going to see him with our natural eyes. But scripture does say that God gives us spiritual eyes. You know, it speaks of the eyes of our heart. And these are eyes that, you know, we can't naturally see. But with these spiritual eyes, God gives us the capacity to see him. The capacity to behold him. And I'm not going to read the scripture. You can just make a note of it. It comes from Ephesians chapter 1. Go and read the whole chapter. Um, and it's specifically the, the prayer that Paul prays for the Ephesian church. And the one amazing thing he prays, if you ever don't know what to pray for somebody, pray this. That the eyes of their heart, the eyes of their understanding, in one translation says, will be enlightened. In other words, will be opened. That the eyes of their understanding, the eyes of their heart will be opened. To see the glorious inheritance we have, that we have, to see the power of God. And if you're sitting here tonight and you've experienced this amazing gift of salvation, the day that Christ came in and just removed that veil that was hanging from in front of your face, you would have experienced this. You know, this, your spiritual eyes being opened. Uh, you know, we're be before we came to Christ, we, we couldn't understand spiritual things. You know, somebody would read scripture and it would just be a dead book to us. Or somebody would tell us about a miracle or something and it just, it wouldn't stir anything in us. But when the spirit comes and opens our eyes, suddenly we can see. And Paul says it a different way in, in 2 Corinthians 3.18. And this we can read together. When we come to Christ, we all with unveiled face are beholding the glory of the Lord. We're seeing the glory of the Lord. In other words, before we came to Christ, there was this veil that was hanging over us. We had no capacity to see him. But the Spirit removes that veil, and we're beholding the glory of the Lord, and we're being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. In other words, we're becoming more like the one that we're beholding just by beholding. Isn't that awesome? Just by seeing God, we're being changed more and more, and more into his image. And how does this happen? This comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And so we see this awesome invitation from God and in, throughout Scripture that He desires for us to see Him, He desires for us to know Him. And yet at the same time, there is a constant war that is raging for our attention and for our affection. A constant war that is raging for your and for my heart's affection. In other words, for our love. What are the things that we love? What are the things that we value, we treasure, we think about? What are the things that consume us? What are the things that fill our minds? 
What is it that when you're sitting here this evening, there's a war between are you going to behold God? Are you going to worship God? Are you going to enjoy his word? Or are you going to think about what's coming in the week ahead? And the same happens t- tomorrow morning. First thing you wake up. Who knows that so many times the things that, the things that we go to bed with at night, those concerns and worries, we wake up with them. Same thing. They don't go away in the night. Just those anxieties and those fears. Or when we're driving to work or wherever, there's this war for our attention and for our affection. And the reality, and this is really the heart behind the Behold album, is that we, we live distracted lives. Where, you know, if you've got a, a computer browser open, you've got like hundreds, it feels like, of tabs open. And you're constantly flicking between the different applications. Check and do it on your phone as well. You go with between everything on your phone. It's just, we live these distracted lives. We live busy lives. And at this point, I always love to do a bit of a poll where I'm going to ask, be honest with me now. If somebody asks you, hey, Anu, hey, Piti, um, how's it going with you? Who answers some variation of busy? How's it going with you? Oh, yeah, it's busy, bezig, bedrijvig, I don't know, something like that. <laughs> Isn't it weird that we're constantly busy? Our minds, our lives are constantly filled with so much stuff. And we take that state of distraction into the presence of God and into our intimate time with God. And into those moments where God is wanting to deal with things with us. But our minds are just all over the place. And we've learned, we've lost in many cases the ability to wait on God. Just to be silent before Him. Just to behold Him. There's a place for singing, there's a place for shouting, declaring, for praying, for all these beautiful things that we do in God's presence. But there's a place also for being silent for being still, for being present. And so many times we end up numbing ourselves. Just from all the stimulation, we numb ourselves to true relationship with God and true relationship with one another. Just with the busyness, just with the distraction. And the good news is God is calling us to behold Him. God is calling us to become present to Him. I find that so many, t- so many times the things that distract me is, is just the stuff that's going on around me. You know, the things of my life, the, the, the ups and the downs of, of life. Um, and maybe you're sitting here tonight and maybe you're literally going through one of the worst things you've ever gone through. Um, and maybe the, the storm that is raging around you is very real and it's shouting and it's shouting and it's shouting and it's wanting your attention. And for us as, as the songwriters with the album, so many of the songs were written in that place where the storm hasn't ended. The storm is still raging. You know, people who are trusting God for, for children and God's given them a word for, for children and it's years and years and years and it's just not happening. Or people who are really struggling through emotional, physical breakthrough or healing rather. These storms that are, are raging in people's lives. And then we as, we as the songwriters, we felt God challenging us, you know. Are you going to behold the storm? Or are you going to put your attention, your focus on the storm? Or are you going to behold me? That is God's, because that's God's invitation. No matter what season of our lives, 
whether you're up on the mountaintop, whether you're in the valley, Christ is with us and Christ invites us to behold him, to be still and to know him. So that's where some of the songs came from. We bring our praise. You can just flight the, the words there. We bring an offering of praise to you. What's going on around us, our circumstances, they don't determine whether you're worthy of our worship. Regardless, Jesus, you're worthy of our worship. Another one, you're the potter. I won't be ashamed. I won't be disappointed in this life you give in both pain and joy because you are just. God is just. God is good in both pain and in joy. I had a, Fadis mentioned this, this morning, one of, a family in Somerset West who lost their baby. He was born at 26 weeks. Um, it was a very close friend of mine. He was one of my groomsmen. Um, so the baby was born prematurely at 26 weeks. This was last week, uh, or two weeks ago now. And she lived for about five or six days, and then eventually she didn't make it. And just for me to watch, to witness my friend and his wife go through this incredibly painful experience of losing a child. I, I, as a father, I cannot fathom what they went through. But just to see the grace that God gives in that moment, that they can honestly say it's not because they're amazing people, but there's a supernatural strength that God offers us in the middle of that immense pain where they, can, they stood up at the, at the memorial service and they could testify, God is good. God has surrounded us with family that has provided for every need we could possibly have. And they start to encourage others by telling others, you know, if you need help, shout, don't be silent. All these amazing things that they've learned just in the five or six days that they had with their little girl, Talita. And on a far less level, for myself, even overseeing the, the worship project, um, Behold Oven, there were so many temptations always to give in to some form of fear. Isn't that right? The fear is always knocking at the door. It's always waiting. And it's always goes, knocks louder and louder and louder. And, and God's challenge to me was, if I'm wanting to kind of live this message of beholding, I better learn what it means to behold myself. When that fear is knocking, what is my response going to be? And much of that is, is summed up in this, this, one of the songs I wrote, Fix Our Eyes, which ends on that, that, that verse, ugh, that bridge, we fix our eyes on you. We sang this tonight. We fix our eyes on you. We fix our eyes on you. You're holding our complete attention. And I always say this, that I didn't write that line three times because I couldn't think of something else to write. <laughs> I couldn't think of something to rhyme or I was just, you know, I was having a lazy songwriting day, so ugh, let's just repeat it. But who knows that saying to God, God, I fix my eyes on you, that's not something you say once and then... Sort it. My eyes are fixed. It's about cultivating that heart, that heart's attitude that says, Jesus, I fix my eyes on you. This, then I get distracted. No, Jesus, I fix my eyes on you. I look to you. I, and this is really a statement of faith. God, you're holding my complete attention. Not other things. Not the things of this world. Not the fears. You are holding my complete attention. And that, that, that line, fix our eyes, obviously comes from Hebrews chapter 12, one of my all-time favorite scriptures. Um, I'm going to read the first three verses for you. It'll be up there on the screen. 
just in Hebrews chapter 11, mentions the, the heroes of our faith, these amazing men and women of God who have just gone before us and they most of the times didn't see the promises of God fulfilled in their lifetimes and yet they were faithful. And now it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by that cloud of witnesses, let's lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Isn't that encouraging? And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. That is a beautiful command. Church, run with endurance the race set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame, and he seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such, such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. How do we not grow weary or faint-hearted? Consider him. Consider him, behold him, look to him, so that, remember him, so that, you won't grow weary or faint-hearted. And I also just want to drop this in there, even in the light of everything that's going on in our nation. And I don't deny that there are some very real and scary things happening in our nation. Many challenges. Um, many just ugly things that are happening in so many different levels. But what I just keep sensing God asking me to remind us is where are our eyes fixed in the midst of that? Who are we looking to? Because it's so easy to get onto the complaining, onto, onto the fear train, or whatever train you want to get onto. But where are our eyes fixed? And so that's really the message of the Behold album, is that there's this invitation from God to see Him and to know Him. And we don't have time to go into it, but of course, and I hope you'll say amen to this, the foundation of our beholding, our seeing God, is the Word of God. Amen. We cannot know God outside of his word. And so that's also why we as songwriters, we just wanted to magnify the word of God. We try to push as much scripture as we could into each song with a result that some of them are a bit wordy. They've got a lot of lyrics, which is not ideal as a songwriter, but we just really, we believe in the power of scripture. And as we behold God in scripture, as we see him in scripture, as the Holy Spirit unveils us, says that we're being transformed. Just by seeing God, we're being transformed from one degree of glory to another. And when we see God, I don't know if you will agree with me, I've experienced this, the more I see God, the more I know God, the more I can know myself. I cannot know myself outside of knowing God. I cannot truly know myself outside of knowing God. Because he's the author of my life. He's the one who started me. I was made in his image. And the more I know him, the more I know myself. And it's the Spirit of God who speaks the truth into our hearts of, of who we are. And this is what I want to end off with tonight. Is who are we? We've spoken about beholding God. And I just want to end off on this. Who are we? If we had to look at ourselves for a moment. Romans chapter 8, verse 15 to 16. You did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. But you've received the spirit of adoption as sons. By whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. This is who we are. We are sons of God. And that applies to the ladies as well. All right? Sons in the biblical context had a specific authority that was given to them and inheritance that was given to them. The ability, a mandate to act on behalf of the Father. That is what we've received. We've received 
we're not slaves anymore. We are sons. And my last encouragement for us is a phrase that God dropped into my heart somewhere over this project was, James, worship like a son. That's what I want to say to each one of you. Worship like a son. Because one of, one of life's biggest questions is, who am I, right? And if I had to take the time to go to each one of you and, and ask you, just spend five, ten minutes telling me about yourself. Tell me about your life. Who are you? I think so many times we would start with, yeah, I work at Sassol, or I live in Secunda, or I'm Afrikaans or English, or, you know, this is my background, this is my strengths, I studied engineering or accounting or whatever. We start, these, these things that we assume as our identity. But what I want to say to us tonight is that we don't come into the presence of God as engineers or mothers or Afrikaners or whatever. We come into the presence of God as sons of God. That is what qualifies us to enter because we've been made sons of God. And this is, this is the thing that makes a big difference. A son doesn't wonder if he's welcome in his father's presence. I'm going to say that again. A son doesn't wonder if he's welcome in his father's presence. And yet how many times do we, does the enemy nail us with that lie, with that accusation, that we're not welcome in the Father's presence. And so whether you're on top of the mountain, whether you're in the valley, that does nothing to change your status, your identity as a son of God, and the fact that you're welcome in the Father's presence. And so what we're going to do tonight, we're going to end off with a song. The band can, can come up. And this is one of the songs on the Behold album. It's called Holy. And it's the second verse written by very good friends of mine, um, Anuri and Greg from Shofar in Cape Town. Anuri's now in Bloemfontein. And they wrote the song, and I remember Greg sent me, when he wrote the second verse, and I, I kind of wanted to say to him, Greg, that's a bit simple, you know, flesh it out a bit. But it's honestly become one of my favorite uh, few lines on the whole album, just because in its simplicity, it's profound. Because this for me is what it means to worship like a son. And the words are up there on the screen. No longer striving. In other words, no longer trying to perform our way into the presence of God. No longer feeling like we have to hold up, God, I, I read my Bible this morning. Or God, I went to church today. Or God, I, I share the love of God with somebody. You know, No longer having to prove ourselves in God's presence. In grace now abiding in the abundant grace and mercy that qualifies us, that cleanses us, that brings us, gives us access to the Father. And then this is the, this is the response on our behalf. God, we're surrendered at your feet. I'm not striving. I'm living in grace. And I'm surrendered at your feet. Let's all stand together tonight. So, I just feel that there's, there's people here tonight who, who need to respond to the love of God. And honestly, that's before the time I was praying on my own and I was just overwhelmed by the love of God that He has for each one here. There's not one of us who is excluded from that. Not one of us who is too far removed to experience, to encounter the life-changing love of God tonight. And so let's just close our eyes. What I do feel is that there's many of us here tonight who, are, who experience shame 
and condemnation and accusation when we try to approach God, when we try to come into His presence. And maybe you even experienced it earlier tonight. As we were worshiping, you're just so aware of your own weakness and your own failing. And you keep trying to lift up your qualifications that make you feel like you're worthy to enter into God's presence. And what He's wanting to say to you tonight is, son, daughter, you're not qualified on your own qualifications, on your own achievements, your own works. And he holds up again a reminder of the cross that Jesus took the punishment that we deserved. He bore the curse. He bore the sin that was ours. He bore the punishment that was ours so that we can come to the Father. And I already feel just as we sing the song tonight, maybe you need to just come and surrender again. Maybe you need to kneel or just bow before God. It's just such an awesome way of saying in our hearts, We're saying with our bodies what's going on in our hearts. God, I I surrender. I make myself low before you. I'm not trying to do this in my own strength anymore. I'm surrendering to the grace of God. Or maybe tonight you're just so distracted and your mind is filled with so many other things competing for your attention. And not just here at church, but you know, when you're at work or when you're with your family. The moment you try to sit down with the word of God, there's just so many other things that fill your attention. God is wanting to to maybe just be still tonight. To say, Holy Spirit, teach me to be still. Teach me to be present. Teach me the discipline of waiting on you. What it means. So I just encourage you, as the Holy Spirit leads you, let's just begin to respond to God. As we sing of His holiness, as we sing of His perfection, let's worship like sons and daughters tonight.